Hello and welcome to The Roundtable. I'm your host, Samuel Richardson, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Matt Faberas. Hello, Sam. Uh, we also have Ben Shaw back in the studio running the desk. Uh, sadly, our producer, Josh Baldock, could not be here today, but we'll be hearing a quick message from him later in the show. It is the 22nd of February today, and if you've been keeping an eye on our social media accounts, which you should follow, by the way, we are live from Grace Cafe at the LCB Depot for the Leicester Comedy Festival 2023. Amazing. So uh, we have some special guests with us today, Abigail, Paul, and Andrew Bird. Uh, say hello, then. Hello, guys. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hello. We, <laughs> both, we both waited yeah, we for the other one to say hello. We're just yeah. both too polite. <laughs> uh, uh, we're also going to be spending most of the show talking with our comedian guests. Uh, and we'll also be talking to Jeff Rowe, the founder of the Leicester Comedy Festival. Uh, the songs coming up in today's shows are 90s and noughties icons. Uh, here is a couple of the tracks you'll be hearing throughout the show. I know he's playing. There they are. There yep. they are. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Uh, come on down to the LCB depot to see us live or tell your friends to tune in at, de at demonfm.co.uk. <laughs> First song here is Back to Black by Amy Winehouse. Oh uh, that was Back to Black by Amy Winehouse. Welcome back to the roundtable. It is currently nine minutes past one. And we are live from the LCB Depot in Grace Cafe. Uh, we are with our comedian guests. Let's welcome Abigail Paul and Andrew Bird to the show. It's lovely to have you get here, Hello. guys. Thanks oh. very much. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, right show. before we speak to you guys, we have a quick message from our producer, Josh, who unfortunately couldn't be here today. Uh, hey, guys. So, unfortunately, I seem to have taken a wrong turn somewhere. Instead of going to the LCB Depot, I'm somehow in Berlin. No idea how this happened, but it doesn't look like I'm going to be able to make it to the show, unfortunately. But I hope you all have a great time. You have a fun, lots of laughs, um, new friendships, and yes. Well, goodbye. Have a good comedy festival. Uh, that was our producer, yeah. Josh. He's all, right, he's all right character. Was he, all right character. was he on the A46? Yeah. <laughs> it was, I don't know. He, he sent me that, and I was, I was like, uh, I'll, I'll put it on air, whatever. I'll put it on air. They, they, they need to know that uh, you, you're missing something. Mm. I mean, I've rang in sick for work with uh, some excuses, but I've never... <laughs> that was vague Lost in Berlin. and casual. A lovely combination of both. All right, so we're gonna. Uh, we thought it'd be good to break the ice and kind of get to know you guys. So um, we just wanted to know a little bit about yourselves. So if you could just tell us like your names and what what you do for a living, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, I, I would you like to start? Uh, I'll, I'll go with I'll go with my name, Andrew right. Bird. Yeah. I'll use that, and uh, I am a comedian. Mm -hmm. I'll commit to that. Um, <laughs> been doing it 21 years now. Uh, should be better than I am. Um, 21 years, that's half my life. Uh, yeah, that's what I've been doing. All right, I'm Abigail, and I consider myself usually an actor first, like kind of a performer generally, and I came to comedy about four years ago, specifically stand-up comedy. Uh, I, co I come from theater, improv, kind of those two worlds. Uh, yeah, and yeah, acting and all that yeah. jazz. Yeah, so is, wow. that how, is that how you got into comedy? Is there, is there any specific story of how you actually... Got broke you broke into comedy. How did you go from acting? Because I always think with acting, am I right? Yeah. You sort of like, 
oh, I'm sick of waiting for auditions. I'm going to do stuff. Is that kind of it? I think, you know, I, I, so I, st- I, I have a story. I'm going to have to start telling it already. Basically, yeah. I moved to Frankfurt, Germany 21 years mm-hmm. ago. And uh, I met some other like-minded theater people, and we started a nonprofit theater company together because we just wanted to keep doing the work. Yeah. But you know what theater is? A lot of work. Mm-hmm. It's so much. It's the costumes. It's the props. It's the yeah. this and that. So we found it was really nice to transition into improvisation. So then I started teaching and doing improv, and I did all the comedy festivals, but all the improv circuit stuff. Um, no money in that. And uh, so then uh, then the pandemic came and we decided or, you know, we, we, we realized that it had been quite a lot of work and it was maybe time to hang up our hats on a high. And I had already transitioned to doing stand-up because I just felt like it was something that I really had total artistic control over. So that's what I wanted. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, like, really... Yeah. You do have that. Low yeah. budget, less costumes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you decide. You know, I'm in, I'm out. You know, you make a lot of choices for yourself. And when you're doing anything in an ensemble, there's so much beauty in being in an ensemble, but you're always dependent on other people. So I think that was, for me, the impetus to kind of make the switch. Yeah. From yeah, yeah like, so a lot of podcasts is people on their own not wanting to have to deal with anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm a selfish person, I guess, is what it really comes down to. Yeah. That's yeah. A, well, that's how you get into stand-up. <laughs> that that's, how, a, that's a perfect qualification for stand-up, is it not, it. Andrew? You've Self-absorbed, <laughs> self-doubt, those are the biggies you need. You need those two? That's yeah. your top two yeah. picks? What about qualities? yourself, Andrew? How did you uh, first break into comedy? I watched The Young Ones at the age of eight, mm-hmm. which... I'd suggest all English people do mm-hmm. watch The Young Ones. It's I'm American, a, but know? I'm going to watch it anyway. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen it. Cool. It's proper British comedy. Great. Uh, and uh, just vile, vulgar, horrible, brilliant. At the age of eight. <laughs> <laughs> at the age of eight, just seeing adults trying to be funny blows your mind, doesn't it? Like being proper funny. Okay. And it just blo- <laughs> just that. I did that didn't make me want to be a stand up that just made me want to be see that fu- being funny gotcha. is a good thing mm-hmm. me and my brother it blew our minds and we still yeah. do things like Rick Mayo who was in the young ones we still talk like him to this day and now I've got my 8 year old watching the young ones and bottom and um and then from that uh, I watched Billy Connolly and then Lee Evans when I was 16 mm-hmm. and watched Lee Evans went ah oh, hey, that's what I want to do and then uh, you don't know how to do it though and yeah. you know because you're sort of kind of in with performing and you can sort of gradually slip in. But from going to work in, in a factory in Northamptonshire, sure. so how am I doing this? There's comedy clubs everywhere now, but back then there weren't. Mm. So, yeah, I just had to get to London. So mm. that, that was it. And then people, people when they ask, how did you get started in stand-up? There's no, you've got to go and do it. Mm. Find somewhere where they do it and go yeah. do it. It's like getting started in parachute jumping. You've got to do it. Right, uh, thank you for telling us about yourselves. Uh, We'll be right back after this next song. Here is Mr. Brightside by The Killers. Sure. That was Mr. Brightside by The Killers. Welcome back to the roundtable. It is currently 18 minutes past one, and we are live from the LCB Depot in Grace Cafe. Right, we're back with Abigail Paul and Andrew Bird, and we're going to be asking you a tiny bit about your early careers and kind of going more in-depth of, like... Uh, how you what 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 you did at the start of your career? How do you how, what, what like where did you like play like different clothes maybe? I don't yeah. know. Try try and get into that. Yeah, well ours ours will be really different because yours. Yeah. So you, yeah. It's, I'm I'm always interested in other cities generally and there what comedy clubs they've got. But Frankfurt, start, that's when you it was your first gig in Frankfurt. 
Uh, no, my first was in Chicago. Um, oh. So I went to, I, I'm a big fan of the Second City. That's the American sort of comedy school. I don't know if you're familiar no, with it, but that's where like a lot of uh, careers kick off from, where you go and you wind up seeing like Mike Myers and all those people right, yeah. who make it to SNL. They've usually come through, not always, I don't want to, no, don't, don't, no hate yeah. now. Very often that is where people come from. And so that's a really well-known comedy like training ground. So I've done all their improv classes. I've done all their writing classes. And then finally I was like, you know, I think I'm going to do stand-up. So yeah. I did a, I did a stand-up course and I had the most wonderful supportive mm-hmm. fellow people in the course and they got me out on a on an yeah. open mic and it was felt crazy um, but that was the first <laughs> like I, I, and then I didn't go back into America to do stand up till last year so, so, you, you, uh, so you took all the information and learning from America yeah took it and ran I did yeah and then I came to Frankfurt and I started uh, you know I started doing just open mics like, as you do and then I wasn't like that mm-hmm. excited about having little stage time, so I started my own mic. Right, that's how you have to do it if you want to get up there. Yeah. And uh, and I found another woman who we like we really vibed. Ava, yeah. shout out, and we uh, we made our own stuff. And then uh, now we're and now we're up to like having monthly showcases where mm-hmm. we get to pay people. And so like mm-hmm. you know we're really we're really kind of doing it ourselves because I think that's so much of what I like about comedy too is you kind of get to make mm-hmm. the rules yourself. You know, you yeah. see things that are established, you see scenes, you see communities, and you go, I don't know if that works for me. And then you go. I'm going to try to do it my way, you know, yeah. at least in, in an expat community. That is really um, yeah. how, how it really I, I, I wrote down here that you did a, an improvi- uh, improvisation comedy. Is that, was that early career or was that kind of like uh, in getting into the bulk of it? I mean, when you talk about early career, I started performing when I was 10 years old. Yeah. Like I, I did a performing arts high school theater degree. I was always, always mm. performing. And then always I moved performing. to Frankfurt yeah. and then I started my own theater company. And that's mm-hmm. where the middle, so I guess that's my middle that's that's is where I was really in. Like I was doing fully improvised yeah. plays and improv festivals mm. and all the all the improv jazz. What about you, Andrew? Yeah. Like what, what, what uh, when, when you were really getting into the comedy scenes and like, what, 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 did you perform anywhere big, like when you were younger, or was it just kind of small places and kind of trying to build yourself up as a comedian? Well, no, it was. Uh, I can't. I don't know why. I started telling my mates that I wanted. I started writing notes down and yeah. then telling them about my notebook. <laughs> and then a few of them going, "You should do stand up." Yeah. And then uh, I always mention her, Claire Holm. She did like uh, drama at college and stuff, and she had to organise. She, when I think of it now. She clearly had to organise a talent night at her college and was scraping mm. the barrel to get people to do it. <laughs> I said, right, you're doing a gig. And then, and I always give her uh, the credit for this. This is the yeah. first and only time I had real proper stage fright. Like her mm. first ever gig, I couldn't, I couldn't physically walk onto the stage. Oh. And she physically <laughs> pushed, pushed me out pushed there. On there. Wow. And I did it. And it, looking back on it, it must have been horrendous because it was yeah. all like young girls d- doing ballet and students doing ex bits from Shakespeare and that and then I'm on at the end with all these young kids with their parents mm. and I'm wow. talking about I'm like 18 talking about drinking and condoms and stuff uh. must have been horrific <laughs> no, do, um, not, do not endorse this but it this. got it got me started um, and uh, and then yeah. and then you ring there's the competitions in England and then you ring them and I said to someone on the phone I went, well, well, where do I get gigs and he's like I don't know look in Time Out magazine in London I was mm. like oh and then you look at them and it's Anyone that had this is this is pre, pre, yeah. pre internet, pre going on just going online. You got Time Out magazine. You look through it, and anywhere it said interested at cool, mm-hmm. and they had about twenty eight acts on. You had a chance of getting on. Yeah. So I went to London, did the King's Head, first mm-hmm. gig in London, and then um, and then that, then that was it. Then you just got to do gigs, and then you meet somebody who goes, "Oh, I've done that gig." And they go, mm-hmm. "All right, then you can do our gig." 
It's always yeah. funny ringing up when you ring up and go, oh, my, my name's Andrew, I want, wanted to get a gig. <laughs> You're a comedy night, and they go, I don't yeah. know you. <laughs> I said, well, yeah, yeah, well, you won't until someone gives me a gig. Yeah, so was oh, it... Oh, well, I don't know you. Was You're it like, very difficult? Was it Was it difficult to get, uh, get in, into the comedy scenes? Uh, no, because you just... Or was um, it relatively easy? Well, just, I don't know what it's like now, but when uh-huh. I when I started, you just re- there was some clubs that you just all you had to do was ring, say, "Can I do it?" They'd go, "Yes, mm-hmm. you can do it on this date," mm-hmm. and then that was it. But that didn't mean anything. You can go and do it, and then walk out, and no one's no one cared you were there, mm-hmm. or you, and then you just do it, keep doing it, and doing it, and doing it, till you know other people, mm-hmm. and then you can do longer. And that's, that's, there's no shortcut to it. I don't um, think people ring anymore. There's no more no. ringing. <laughs> that was very anachronistic. Yeah. No more calling anyone yeah. up. That's it's not all the internet. Yeah, just, just, yeah uh, of course. Getting emails all ignored now. now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But, but when, in the day, when I did, you rang up and they'd go, mm. I remember once someone said, said, I've left about four messages um, about if I could do a gig. And they said, and have I, have I got back to you? I said, no. And they went, well, what do you think that means? <laughs> so, whoa, it was brutal. brutal. Literally Br- banging brutal. your head against a brick wall until you get better. <laughs> That's all it is. Yeah. Um, all right, thank you for that, guys. Uh, uh, we are going to be right back in a minute. We'll be interviewing Jeff Rowe, who is the founder of the Leicester Comedy Festival. Yes. Uh, up first, we have some more music. Here is 1985 by Bowling for Soup. That was 1985 by Bowling for Soup. Welcome back to the roundtable on Demon FM. The time is 28 minutes past one, and we are live from the LCB Depot in Gray's Cafe. Uh, we are back, and with us, we have the founder of the Leicester Comedy Festival, Jeff Rowe. Uh, hello, Jeff. Hello, how are you doing? Uh, I'm okay. How are you? Yeah, I'm probably better than you sound, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, am I right in thinking that this is your last year involved with the festival? It is. After uh, about 587 years yeah. uh, of doing it, I've decided to <laughs> hand over the microphone and do something else. So, yeah, I'm, I'm leaving. Oh, that's, that's actually really sad. So, wait, how long have you been involved with the Leicester Comedy Festival? So, I helped set it up in mm-hmm. uh, 1994. Mm-hmm. Um, well, actually, we, had the, we made the decision to do it in 93, but yeah. it was part of our student project I suppose for our final year so it was yeah. part of my degree I got a mark for it um, uh-huh. I had to write a report like you do um, and then it went quite well um, about 5,000 people came to the first festival and we had some famous people Harry Hill yeah. um, various other people Matt Lucas performed in the first festival and um, we really enjoyed it we had a great time so pe- people other people also seemed to like it mm. so we graduated and in the absence of any other employment we yeah. decided to keep the festival going and um, almost 30 years later that pattern just repeats itself yeah so were you a student at DMU yes I was oh, interesting so well actually and this dates me massively but I was I, <laughs> when I started I was a student at Leicester Polytechnic yeah um, which uh, then yeah. became DMU yeah, I've, I've, I've seen the history panels. They, they show video. You know the big screen that's on the side of the, the new like VJ Patel? They show like videos of like the old, the old university that used to be called Leicester Polytechnic. Yeah, let's not dwell on how old that was. <laughs> because that makes really me old. feel really, old. really old. Um, um. So, is there, any trist- uh, is there any interesting stories you could tell us about the, uh, the Comedy Festival over the years? Uh, yes, but probably very few that I can broadcast live on Demon <sighs> FM, to be honest with you. Um, uh, yeah, uh, oh, I'm trying to think of an interesting story I could 
tell you, we once locked Barry Cryer in his hotel room. Um, what? And we had to break the door down to get him out. That happened. <laughs> um, uh, I can't think of any others off the top of my head, I'm afraid. That's not very good, is it? I should have done my preparation. I apologise. <laughs> I know um, one. I know one from the opening gala. Go on, then. One year. <laughs> I don't know if you want me to tell it, though. That's no, um, fine. Jared Christmas had a, a, a stomach bug. <laughs> do you remember that? Yes, I do. And he, uh, <laughs> and he went back to his hotel and he dropped his key card. And he, um, well, he, 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 he had to get another pair of trousers. Oh. He had to oh. get my, uh, hang on, who was it? I had to get someone to go to Tesco's and get them another pair of trousers. <laughs> oh, no. With the opening gala starting in oh. literally five oh, minutes. No. That's so the horrible. opening act had to go to Tesco's and get him a pair of trousers for the opening gala. I'm going to say 2010. Yeah, Could've probably that. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That must have been yeah. horrifying. Yeah, that's a bad one. <laughs> <laughs> and he uh, probably doesn't want me talking about it here, but he's not here to stop me, is but he? There we go. It's now, it's now on the airwaves. There's nothing stopping it anymore. That's a roundtable <laughs> exclusive, that one. <laughs> Amazing. Um, Miles Jupp, he got his trousers <laughs> <laughs> from Tesco. Uh, so, the uh, Leicester Comedy Festival is still going strong. So, it's, so you're stepping down from... Uh, what, so, I know you're the founder. Uh, like, are you stepping down? Is someone else coming in to, like, kind of take over, kind of, like, running it? Or are you still, are you still going to be involved in the Leicester Comedy Festival? No, people keep asking me this, and, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I, I'm not being disrespectful, I don't think, but uh-huh. um, people need to understand that when I say I'm leaving... Yeah. Uh, the key word in that sentence yeah. is that I'm leaving. Yeah. Um, I think some, a lot of people think that I'm going to be some sort of uh, puppet supremo in the background, kind Alec of pulling Ferguson. all the strings. Yeah, <laughs> seen in the stands every now and again. Yeah, I'm not. Mm. I'm not going to do that. So the festival is run by a charity um, yeah. called Big Difference, and uh, they mm. have because they're a charity. They have a group of trustees who are the people who kind of own it, I suppose, and run it. Yeah. And um, they took on the recruitment I mean this is not great radio I do appreciate that but they <laughs> took on the responsibility for the recruitment of the new people uh-huh. for when I leave and um, yeah we have two fantastic people kind of taking over what I've been doing I suppose mm. and um, and I really hope that they continue to develop and grow the festival in their own way you know I think mm. the worst thing that I could possibly do is be the old git in the corner kind of saying well in 1997 mm-hmm. we had to get Jared Christmas a new pair of trousers so be aware <laughs> that every year you need that might you know yeah. they, they don't want that you know I need mm. if I'm going I'm going right and so yeah, don't, um, don't keep bringing that up I don't think Jared will be yeah. happy yeah. Um, I like the way that you made it clear that they're bringing in two brilliant people to do your job <laughs> Mate, you got that in Making it clear to everyone mm. what you do takes two people. Exactly. Oh. Exactly. Well done for getting um, that in. So no, there's a new team of people, and um, and they'll be great, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, uh, that was Jeff Rowe, the founder of the Leicester Comedy Festival. We'll be right back after this, but first is Tragedy by Steps. Thank you, Jeff Rowe. That was Tragedy by Steps. Welcome back to the roundtable. It is, oh gosh, I can't read the time. It's 22. Two, I think I am a bit blind. Mm. Okay, uh, we are back and we are in the LCB Depot in Grace Cafe. Uh, we're going to be continuing our discussion with our comedian guests, uh, Abigail Paul and Andrew Bird. So, Abigail, I wanted to start with you and I wanted to ask you a bit about your uh, time designing like workshops. I, I when, when I was looking you up, I, one of the main things that came up was your 
uh, workshops and such. Yeah, I'm a teacher at heart. That's just always going to be a part of who I am. And uh, so I, when I, you know, first I, I went for, in, in an acting school, you do a bit of improv, but it's an actual like uh, thing that you learn how to do in a way, right? In Second mm -hmm. City, especially in New York, there's a kind of a style. And I brought that style over to Frankfurt, my own city. And, you know, I mostly had like people who wanted to do something fun in English who couldn't speak German and they wanted to make friends. And improvisation is all about this, um, building mm -hmm. an ensemble, listening to each other, awareness, yeah. how to be in a room with other people. And it's actually not about jokes. If, if you start trying to crack jokes and be funny, it's gonna really ruin a great improv scene. So it's so much about just like listening and being present. And uh, those are skills people enjoy for life. So they, mm. that turns itself very easily into like team building and yeah. corporate workshops and stuff like that. Mm. So yeah, that was what my Do work. Do you find stand-ups are not as good, as, if they've done a lot of stand-up, they're not as good as improv? Oh yeah, stand-ups were pretty crap at improv. Yeah. They were horrible at it. Because they were always trying to think of a joke and perform the joke instead of like, you know, just accepting the reality of the conditions of the scene we were trying to establish, yeah, right? Yeah. So they were in their head mm -hmm. thinking about being funny and actually improv works great when you're yeah. just really listening. You know, mm. uh, Andrew, I read that you were a writer for eight out of ten cats, big fat quiz of the year, room 101, shows like that. Um, I just wanted to ask you, how different do you find it writing for a show like that rather than, say, like writing up like your own material for your own gig? Um, well, um, writing for yourself. Well, you put, you're more disciplined and put a lot more effort in writing for other people, which is a tragic thing. My wife when I've written for other things, said, why, why don't you put this time and discipline into writing for yourself? Which would be a good, maybe a good way to try and write as a comedian. Do you think if you acted like you were writing for someone else every day? Mm. Yeah, true. That would be... It's a great mindset. Yeah, yeah, that would be, because when it's yourself, you're like, I, I, I don't know if I take a five-minute break in. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. But, um, but though some TV shows are different, as in you get emailed a list of things stories and things to write about you're just there on your laptop at home panicking going is this enough mm -hmm. is this good enough and then send it off and yeah. then you just get an email back thanks yeah that's it <laughs> and then there's other ones like 8 out of 10 cats I wrote with John Richardson because I gigged with him mm -hmm. and I knew it. we started around the same time and we yeah. were mates yeah. and it, him and another brilliant writer Will Ng and we'd sit in a room together and there'd be the list of sort of stories big news stories that week that got to be talked about like I remember what one that was great that went for ages was the horse meat in lasagna and stuff like that. Mm. So that just ran and ran, and um, you sit in a room and chat about it like you would with mates, and go, "Oh, that's funny. Write that down, and that's good." And you're not often writing. You don't write for them. You write with them, like a band. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this sounds yeah. very pretentious, but like a band <laughs> coming up with a song. Yeah, that's how you you sort of you know quite a lot of it with John Richardson when it's just you telling him what he said was just hilarious, um. which it often was. You just go, yep, just say that, that'll do. And you'll see him say something on telly, and you'll be like, mm -hmm. I remember being a part of that conversation. Nice. <laughs> but I don't think I can claim any credit for anything he said here. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So is it, it's, it's much easier. It, is it much easier writing for shows than it is writing your own material? Because yeah, you is it like you have to worry about I, I, yourself? I, tell you, I, find it, I find it sometimes easier writing for other people mm -hmm because they've, a lot of them, the reason they're on telly is they've found their voice. Yeah. They've got a clear, distinct voice. John mm -hmm. Richardson's got a very clear voice. Yeah. I still think 21 years I've not found my voice. So I, I've, I quite mm. often think, would I say this? <laughs> Which is a weird thing to think. But when it's John Richardson, I'd be like, yeah, he would say that. Yeah. that, that, that would, he would make that 
Well, he would make that a lot funnier. Yeah. Uh, thank you for that, guys. Uh, we'll be right back with more from Abigail Paul and Andrew Bird momentarily. Uh, we got another song now. This is Year 3000 by Busted. That was Year 3000 by Busted. Welcome back to the round table. It is 1.46 and we are live from the LCB Depot in Grey's Cafe. We're back. Uh, hello again. Uh, now we're going to be talking about your shows later on today. So we know that... Um, uh, you both have shows. I know, Andrew, yours is at the Black Horse Aylston. It's in uh, town just outside of, like, a tiny bit outside of Leicester. Yeah, I'm doing the Leicester Festival, but just yeah. outside. Yeah. That's how I like to do things. I don't want <laughs> to fully commit. Like, yeah. If I did Edinburgh, I'd probably be near a Falkirk or something. Yeah, I've been there before. It's a nice venue. Well, the Black Horse is yes. a brilliant venue. Great I went there last year. Yeah, they have uh, comedy nights all year round. I am here to recommend you go to them all year mm. round, not just the festival. You know, there's comedy other parts of the year. Don't just laugh in February, for God's sake, people. Mm. Uh, so, what's what's the act about? Is it is it uh, is it is it about anything in particular? Well, no. Part of part of the Leicester Festival is doing uh, newer stuff or working towards stuff and figuring out yourself what mm -hmm. it's about. And yeah. um, I'm going to be um, I'm supporting uh, Russell Howard on tour, Ooh. and then I'm going to do a little tour off the back of that. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be the first uh, sort of run through yeah. of a lot of that stuff. But I am, um, um, you know, I do, when, when it says work in progress, sometimes that means someone reading off a bit of a bit of paper with absolutely no, mm -hmm. no, you know, no thought of the audience whatsoever. Yeah. It's not that. I like mm -hmm. about eighty percent of it is stuff I've been doing in comedy clubs ready to go yeah. there'll be 20% that'll be ropey but you've got to accept that you've got to accept it yeah. uh, Abigail I wanted to know a little bit more about yours uh, I know it's tight I know the title's a bit uh, the title's a bit off uh, it's, uh, involuntary it's mom slaughter yeah we it's, should say it's, sorry it's we should say first uh, you are performing at the Globe tonight I'm which at the Globe yes thank you I'm at the Globe tonight and, uh, uh, at 6 o'clock and then I'm mm. uh, Thursday, uh, Thursday and Friday at 45 West at 9.30 Thanks. Yeah, so I, I read up on the, uh, you uh, the the act that you're putting on, and I just wanted to know, like, is it is it an improvisation piece or is it based on a true story? It's 100% based on a true story. Oh. So it's the narrative of my life. Uh, I was born in Panama. I lived in Florida. Mm -hmm. I moved to Germany, and I was raised by pretty terrible people. So <laughs> it's really about that. I um, wish I had all that. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. That sounds great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sounds yeah. like a show. It is a, absolutely a show. I mean, it's. Uh, this is only, I only did my third performance of it last night, um, so I'm also still working things out. But it's 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 definitely a, a fixed piece. It's uh, it, for me, you know, I'm a theater kid, so it feels a little bit like a piece of theater. It ends with a Broadway show tune I wrote, right? Like it's oh. got a it's got a little it's got a little fizz, uh, sparkle on it, mm. um, you know. And but it's punchline forward. It's a comedy show. It's absolutely 100% yeah. you know, really comedy. It ends on a Broadway. Yeah, well, Broadway end. style. It's a Broadway style ballad. Yeah. Song at the end. Yeah, I wrote it myself with my very wow. close British friend Ben Southam. Shout out to Ben. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Ben, can you write Never a song puddling. for me, mate? <laughs> <laughs> He's available for services. I will be doing, hopefully, a good one of my better jokes at the end, and then Scarper on that. There will be no song at the end of mine. <laughs> yeah, it's a comedy ballad, to yeah. be fair, right? Like, So it's yeah. funny, like Broadway ballad, right? Mm -hmm. Well, we got, uh, yeah, so those, those are both happening today as well. Yeah. So anyone who's listening, uh, if you can still get any tickets for it, I know that Abigail, yours is free or pay what you want. It is absolutely that. Come uh, trauma bond with me, kids. Yeah. 
I, I, I'm not sure about you, Andrew. Mine is absolutely pay seven pounds. Yes. <laughs> you need the money. Exactly. Well, <laughs> um, uh, Abigail, again, uh, I wanted to know, uh, in terms of the comedy, is it, I know it says dark comedy, is it really dark? Well, or is it just... Yeah. Dark. No, it's it's about my dead mother. So I mean, that oh. is the whole show. I call it the Dead Mom TED Talk. So it's a bit of an inverse of yeah. the of the like it's the Dead Dad well. show. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, it's like a Dead Dad show, except like she died and we're happy about it. Like really, at the end of the day. It's, so that how dark is that? That's pretty dark. I think pretty, that's pretty dark. dark. It's pretty dark. You it doesn't how, go darker. Yeah, you asked how dark it is, and you answered. And I, again, being American, it's incredibly personal. So you know, yeah. I just think good comedy is very awesome, like Gossip with Punchlines. So it's really like you know, people. It's another good time. Thank you. I'm going to write it down so I don't forget. Yeah. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 if you don't like laugh at everything, it's always interesting. People don't go bored at any point. Okay. So thank you very much for telling us about your comedy acts. Uh, Make sure to check those out on the Leicester Comedy Festival website. Um, We will be back uh, because sadly it's coming to the end of the show, but we will be back. Uh, First up here is When the Sun Goes Down by the Arctic Monkeys, uh, fellow Yorkshireman. Good choice. Here you go. That was When the Sun Goes Down by the Arctic Monkeys. Welcome back to the round table. The time is 1.54, and sadly, we've come to the end of our show today, Sam. Uh, We'd like to give a very special thank you to both Abigail Paul and Andrew Bird. Um, Make sure you check out their shows tonight, um, or even if you can, attend them. Uh, Thank you once again, guys, for coming on. Thank you very much for having us. Thank you. It's been, it's been great to have you on the show. Uh, we'd also like to thank Ben Shaw, who's been controlling things back in the studio and making sure we deliver our voices to you. Also, our producer, Josh Baldock, who we hope we, uh, who we, hope we can see again next show. Can't wait to see you, hon. Yes, hopefully you find your way back from Germany. Uh, before we leave you, we have a quick message from our friends at Thursday Tap-In. Are you ready to tap in to Thursday Tap-In on Demon FM? Join us on the 23rd of February, 1 to 2 p.m. at the LCB Depot from Gray's Cafe for the Leicester Comedy Festival with, with live guest hosts Rosie Sings and Alex Hilton. Don't miss this free event at the LCB Depot. Listen live on demonfm.co.uk or come and meet us. That's the 23rd of February, 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. Be there or be square. Nice. So, uh, again, uh, I know we've already thanked you, but I want to thank you again just for being on the show. It's, it's amazing to have you here. That's all right. I don't know why you thank Josh. He's not here. He's done nothing. <laughs> but, uh, he's the producer, so he kind of organised no, the show. He deserves nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, right. We also want to make sure, we want to uh, make you known that we have our final show on the 22nd of March. You can't, you uh, It's our final studio programme. You can also find all of our previous shows on Spotify. Uh, with Demon Podcasts, so make sure you go back and listen to all of our previous shows, and this one should be up soon for you to listen. That's it from us at the round. That's it from us at the round table. I've been Matt. This has been Sam. Hello. And here is to see us off, Barbie Girl by Aqua. <laughs>